Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another edition. Well, I'm going to talk about something I don't think I've ever talked about on the podcast, and that's New Year's resolutions. And it's not surprising to me that I have never talked about New Year's resolutions because um, I just uh, find them a little shallow. Uh, I haven't written much in my personal finance column uh, over 30 years on New Year's resolutions. I, I found two columns that I had written in 30 years. And yet they're pretty common this time of year where people want to turn over a new leaf, uh, especially when it comes to finances. There's going to be a whole new batch of credit card bills come in and it's um, pretty common to resolve that, you know, this year I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to make a budget. I'm going to stay up to it. I'm going to save for uh, Christmas next year. And by and large, most of these resolutions will be unsuccessful. And why is that? Well, a simple way that I look at it is typically white knuckling in making any type of transformative or permanent behavioral change doesn't work well. When I say white knuckling, you know, just think of grabbing on something with all of your force and willing yourself to do it. And I find uh, when it comes to financial behaviors, that can work for a period of time, you know, maybe 30 days, maybe 60 days. But typically, it just isn't sustainable or permanent. I think of every, I go to a gym, have to for several decades and Every February, the gym population just swells from <laughs> all of those who purchased a gym membership and have resolved that I'm going to get in shape. By March, certainly by April, the population's usually back to normal. Um, why? It's the same as resolving to go on a budget or to do something different financially. I think one of the most important steps of changing any problematic behavior is becoming willing to admit that the behavior change is really important. Becoming confident that you can do it and that you are 100% ready to change. And any one of those can trip you up. Typically, if you'd rate yourself on a 1 to 10, how important is it? How Uh, confident am I I can do it and how ready to change am I to do it on a one to ten you need to be straight eights or above in order for this probably to happen if you are less than that on one of them person needs to ask themselves the question what would it take to move this from a seven to a ten or a six to a ten or a two to a ten so that can be some important 
information. Uh, somebody that underwent a transformation and is um, a model in that regard is a guy by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. And he ticked these boxes and made them all a 10. And as a result, went through a financial and emotional transformation. And of course, um, I think most of us are familiar with that story. That he, he got an intervention from the ghost of his uh, uh, long-dead partner, Jacob Marley. And that started the process in motion. And the importance, confidence, and willingness to, um, and readiness to change uh, all grew as he received the guidance from the three ghosts that followed in the story. So typically, when uh, there's no mindset of a change being really important, there's oftentimes some denial present, which in Scrooge's case was taken care of by the intervention, uh, by the ghost of uh, Marley. And typically, it takes an intervention in our lives, if you're a financial professional in your clients' lives to really begin to even know that there's a problem. Protraska in changing for good called this pre-contemplation. It's, it's like when we don't know that we don't know. We don't know that there's a problem. But once we, we have the inkling that there may be, you know, uh, Scrooge resisted uh, the step. He, he resisted even the intervention. And part of it um, just comes from um, the courage that's needed to overcome the fear of looking into the past and revisiting events in our lives. Uh, because these are often where our strongly held delusions form. So as hard as uh, Scrooge wanted to step over it, his guide of uh, uh, Christmas past gently turned him toward the past so that he could, could look at it. So bringing that type of objectivity and understanding to entrenched financial delusions isn't easy. I just heard uh, today an axiom, I guess it's famous in politics, saying fooling someone is pretty easy, but convincing them they've been fooled is really difficult. So I think this is, this is so true. Most of us, once we've been uh, deluded for unlimited number of reasons, we want to focus instead on obtaining more information on how to save or invest or spend wisely. And this is especially true when there's uh, some type of a, a trauma in our past that we don't want to look at and, and that we probably don't even know is there. So we try to jump into the present and white knuckle the change. I mean, once we're out of uh, out of uh, denial 
that we do need to change. The fear is really in um, uh, going into the past. We try everything we can to stay in the present, to, to learn more. Um, and, and this is where we can become um, guilty of white knuckling it. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work because what we need most for transformation is emotional intelligence. Uh, it's something that uh, most of us are pretty low on or certainly at, at uh, some time in our life uh, wake up to the fact that we are really low on emotional intelligence. And the, the bugger about this thing, especially to a left-brain guy like me, is that emotional intelligence can't be learned academically or even developed all by oneself. Um, and how many, how many of us try to read ourself to wholeness, try to read ourself to an emotional transformation. And it doesn't work. In the books I've written, especially the uh, first one, Conscious Finance, that I co-authored with Kathleen Fox, who's really Kathleen Christofferson. I've outed her now. We talked about <laughs> how, how reading this book isn't going to help you. <laughs> You're going to have to do all these exercises. All the drawings and the any guided meditations and working with other people and all of that. You're going to have to lay the book down and actually do this stuff if you want to change. Emotional intelligence has to be learned emotionally, experientially, and in community. So this is... What happened with Scrooge, he found a guide. The guide was the ghost of Christmas past. And this guide took him onto a journey into his past. And I think it's pretty important. I think going into one's past is really difficult to do alone. And if you think of this, underlying most uh, addictions, Gabor Mate would say all addictions is trauma. And I've talked about before on podcasts, we got big T trauma and little T trauma and little T trauma that happens over and over and over and over again with great frequency becomes complex trauma, right? Which can be equal to big, big T trauma. And so a trauma in a trauma, uh, that is typically not something that is done in a vacuum or done by ourselves. It often involves another person or persons. It's often done in relationship. And I think it, it can make intuitive sense that to heal those traumas, and a trauma is something that overwhelmed our system and where we received no support for it. So a traumatic event doesn't have to become a trauma if there is emotional support for us. But so often there is no 
adult support, emotional support uh, for us in the way that we really need. So um, what I want to say is we're often wounded in relationship, and therefore we often really need to heal in relationship. I suspect it's not 100%, but uh, for most of us, we're going to need a guide. It's a journey that's often really difficult to go on alone. I think most of you know that I'm a certified IFS uh, practitioner, and I have done um, uh, weekly IFS for myself since 2017. And even though I know a lot about IFS, and I know a lot about the process, and I know a lot about how to be a guide to someone on that process, I find it very difficult to do for myself. Theoretically, you can do it for yourself. Practically, mm, I don't think I don't think very effectively. It's kind of important to uh, allow guides into our life to help us on this journey of taking a look at what's blocking us around the behaviors, right? What's blocking us from the white knuckling working? I mean, I'm, sometimes white knuckling is going to work if we don't have a lot of trauma, a lot of emotion holding us back from making the change. But in most cases, when uh, when just saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution, I'm going to go on a budget. And if you do, great. All you needed was more knowledge. There really wasn't any emotional wounding there. You just needed the knowledge. But in most cases, there is emotional. So some of the things we need to do in uh, getting ready to take this journey in transformation, and especially financial, is to take a look at our history with money and identify our money scripts. And money scripts are unconscious beliefs, unconscious burdens that we carry with us, that we formed in childhood, uh, usually as a result of painful events or some type of a trauma. And they can be unlimited. You know, I deserve to spend money. I can't spend money. Money is bad. Uh, you got to work hard for money. All sorts of money scripts shape all of the financial decisions in our lives and often keep us locked into hurtful behaviors. They didn't start off to be hurtful. Nobody uh, adapts a money script, especially as a child, saying, okay, I'm going to adapt this money script so it'll be harmful. <laughs> They're always adapted to survive, there's always adapted with the best intentions of keeping a part of us from feeling the pain ever again. So exploring these money scripts, and most of us have 50 to 200 of these, and they start off being unconscious, we're not aware of them. Um, they can begin to shine a light on why we've made some of the choices we've made and help us to make better choices. Uh, in the future. So uh, that's where is especially a financial therapist can help us in taking that journey into the past. Uh, other sources that can help us might be uh, classes on this. Maybe an integrated financial planner can help us take this journey. I know we help 
people take a look at their money scripts and their money history in our uh, financial planning firm all the time have done so for several decades. But today, uh, there are there are financial therapists and financial therapists that work remotely that are excellent guides in taking this trip. And, I mean, I could go into all sorts of war stories of my financial therapy clients that have um, taken this trip into the past, discovered how the money script was formed, why, uh, been able to work with that part that was so vulnerable and wounded, and in a matter of weeks, changed the financial behavior. It's just amazing. Something else that I want to uh, underscore is that um, relapse is pretty normal when we're working on this. It, it takes some time to change these long-standing financial habits and uh, work with these parts of ourselves. So um, oftentimes we're taking two steps forward, one step backward for a while until the new habit really becomes ingrained. But this is way different from white knuckling it, right? Petraska talked about this change, which was the final change before it just becomes a whole new habit. So once we've taken that trip into the past, and I got ahead of myself a little bit here, you know, we can we can now become present, right? When we've when we've taken this block out of the way, we've become emotionally intelligent, we've resolved that financial woundy. We're ready to be present. We're ready to see today with clarity. We're ready to take in new information. Scrooge was way less resistant to look at the present once he had gone into the past. You know, and the ghost took him around and showed him how he was showing up, what people thought of him. And he was able to see and to hear and to absorb all of that information. So this is really important. Once emotional intelligence is gained, we then can face replacing faulty beliefs, extreme beliefs, money scripts with modified money scripts and accurate cognitive information. The emotional release is first, the cognitive information is next. And we usually Try to do this in reverse, as I've said. So now, you know, we've looked at the money scripts. We've looked at how they form. We've, we've looked at all this. Uh, this is the time to learn about budgeting, learn about debt reduction, learn about investments, look, learn about other financial skills. And in, in doing this, we're taking a further step toward transformation uh, Pertrasta would call this the action in, in the preparation, getting ready, and the action phase of putting in uh, a new uh, financial behavior, uh, developing the habits for a new financial behavior. And now we're beginning to create a future that's conscious and deliberate, not a spur of the moment resolution. We can take control of our money rather than our money 
controlling us. And this is why New Year's resolutions rarely work. We haven't done the deep work. We haven't done the preparatory work to really make sure that we are saying this change is important, we're confident we can do it, and we are ready to do it. So at the end, you know, of Scrooge's journey, and we talked about this a little bit um, last week, he was a, a transformed person. At the end of the book, <laughs> he was full of joy, abundance, generosity, uh, spirit. His money was supporting his life. Uh, was supporting connection with people in his community, with his employee, with friends and family. And he experienced this transformation because he had the courage and the conviction to start the process. And it wasn't an easy process for him. Now, fortunately for uh, Scrooge, it all happened in one night. I mean, originally he thought it'd happen over three nights. Well, I'll take three nights <laughs> for a transformation. Um, so, you know, oftentimes those transformations don't happen that quick. Although I've seen them happen really quick. Somebody that I worked with, I actually have a, a demo of this that I showed at the 2022 FTA conference of someone that, that I uh, worked with for about an hour, really about a half hour, and had an amazing transformation around uh, her relationship with money. So it doesn't always have to take years and years and years. It can happen very quickly. So um, hopefully this is helpful for you with maybe things you want to change in your life. Maybe you want to get out of debt. Maybe uh, that's going to involve paying off credit cards or student loans and maybe accelerating those, those payments. Uh, maybe you want to decrease your lifestyle so you can apply uh, the savings to putting more to your retirement plan or um, building an emergency fund. You want to look at ways you can reduce expenses, maybe eating out less or buying large purchases that are used or buying store brands or shopping sales or doing things like this. All knowledge, right? All knowledge that has to be um, implemented on the foundation of emotional intelligence. That is so important. And that's why financial literacy is often not enough to um, help us financially transform. I hope you have uh, enjoyed this. And again, I do appreciate the emails that I get, the comments I get when uh, I speak at conferences uh, from so many of you. It's uh, so touching and uh, humbling, I think, would be the word. 
that uh, this podcast has made and is making a difference in uh, many lives. I mean, there's this is a small tribe that follows this podcast, but if I can just change the lives of uh, one person at a time, that kind of makes my investment uh, here being with you worth it. So I will look forward to uh, being with you again next week. So take care. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.